Hi everyone, welcome to Outgrow's Market of the Month podcast. I am your host, Dr. Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at Outgrow.co. And for this month, we are going to interview Krista Meshore, who is a best-selling author and the owner of Krista Meshore Coaching. Thanks for joining us, Krista. Thank you, Dr. Shukranam. I appreciate you having me. It's great to have you here. So we're just going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. Uh, Try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So the first question is, how long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? 60 minutes. (laughs) Okay. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Uh, Five. Okay. Pick one. Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey? Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. The first movie that comes to your mind when I say the word ambition. Oh, notebook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the biggest mistake of your career. Oh, trusting people too much. <laughs> okay. Giving presents or getting presents? Giving presents. Mm-hmm. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? None. Okay. The most valuable skill you've learned in life? Valuing people. Okay. And finally, fill in the blank. An upcoming marketing trend is blank. Accelerator challenges. Ooh. And okay, there was actually one bonus question. Your favorite Tiger King character? Uh, I don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the rapid fire round. Now we can go to the bigger questions. Uh, the first one is, do you think that video marketing will find more space in the digital world after the pandemic? Yes. I, I think that vi- video marketing is, is here to stay. Um, I think that people are wanting more authentic and getting authenticity within people. And, you know, personally, it's been the absolute number one best contributing factors to to building both of my companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, what specific way did you use video marketing for building your companies? I used it really for band building, brand building, and then educating the public and just really letting them, you know, see me as an authority figure in my space. Um, and I, I have a strategy that's a little bit different than most people. So what I do, to, I run ads. So I take, I create video content and then I run ads through them so that so the ads are actually being seen and they get exposure. And, but I don't ask people in the beginning to do anything. I just run video content, educating people, offering value, letting them get to know me without ever asking them to do anything in return. So I, I, I kind of use the analogy of, of dating before you get married. So I date my audience before, before I want them, you know, to jump into bed with them, so to speak. So um, what I find is that when you really take video content and put it in front of people so they're actually seeing it, they're more likely to convert later on. So many marketers will just ask people to give them you know, their name, their phone number, their email, to download a lead magnet, but they haven't ever really established trust first. So I find that when you establish trust first, it's a little bit longer of a game, but it's a much stronger one, right? That the relationship becomes much stronger and the conversion process is easier. That's really interesting. So it's a bit of like inbound marketing that HubSpot always talks about and, you know, providing value so that the value is given first and then you have them converted. 
That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I, at first I don't even have them, they don't have to click or download or do anything. They just are watching these videos. And then I have them do one more thing each time. Then I'll start to retarget them after they've watched a couple of videos. I'll retarget these buyers and then I'll have them download something again before ever asking for their information. And then maybe I'll have them join a group or I'll just offer value. And then like the third or fourth step in the mm -hmm. funnel you know, getting, getting their contact information by, again, by offering something of value. Interesting. What are some of the major challenges content creators face today, you think, but like, you know, compared to 10 years ago, something they didn't face 10 years ago, but they face today? Um, you know, I, I think that content creators 10 years ago weren't doing video content, right? Like it, it they didn't need to, they, you know, you had the television and, and, and you had radio, but you didn't have access to all these social media apps where you can, um, you know, really use it like your own TV commercial or your own TV show for pennies to the dollar, right? I mean, the, 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 the cost of getting video views and, and eyes on you is it's, it's pen, it's sense. And I think that they didn't, no one even thought about doing video back in the day. And now they know how important it is. And I think that people just really have a hard time with it. They just, everyone's worried about how they look or what people are going to think, or they just have such a difficult time. They don't know what to say or what people are going to think and just getting started. I mean, I've, we've, we teach video marketing and I will tell you that if you have a hundred people and this is, this is like a real stat out of a hundred people, two might like doing video and the other 98 are just mortified by it. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Uh, do you think digital marketing has, uh, or like video marketing as well, has found its place in the real estate market? I think that um, it's making its way. I've been doing video marketing for, gosh, probably around seven, eight years now. And um, it's been great for, for my business, both in the coaching business and in the real estate business. And it's it's really helped me to have to work less and not work weekends or nights. It's positioned me as the expert authority. And people are starting to do it, but not like you would you would think that people would realize how successful I have and and realize I've been doing video for so long and want to try to emulate it, but they just don't. They'll start it and they'll do it for a short time. They, they don't do it very consistently. And um, I think it's starting to more so not branding the person, but branding properties more so. I think people are starting to kind of want to do it, but again, getting them to actually do it even though they know how beneficial it can be, is really difficult to do. So what are some of your tricks to actually getting your clients to do video marketing? Even though, as you said, two out of 100 people would actually do it. What is your strategy? Well, one of my mentors talked to me about, you know, you need your GPS, right? I think that in, in anything in life, and before I talk about that, I'll, I'll tell you there was, there was a study that's, and you're a doctor, so you might know about this, but there was a study that was done. It's called Change or Die. And basically they had people that were going to die if they didn't change their behavior because of maybe a health issue or some ailment, they needed to change their behavior or they were going to, you know, it was going to kill them if they didn't. After a year, nine out of 10 people went back to their original behavior um, in one group that didn't have any uh, coaching or accountability or support. There was another group that had coaching, accountability, and support. And at the end of that year, 77% of those people were able to make the change because they had the, the coaching, the accountability and the support of people that were similar to them. Right. So um, what I find is that, you know, people need a GPS in order to know, mm. you know, if I'm going to go from California where I live to New York and I was going to drive, uh, I would have to, um, you know, I would need a, a GPS to get me there. People need the GPS. So G I would say stands for goals and guidance, right? The P stands for 
a plan and a blueprint. And the S stands for strategy and support. And I mm -hmm. think that people have those things, if they have their GPS, they're much, much more likely to, to be able to actually make that change, right? I mean, people get excited and they want to do something, but ultimately what happens is, is their amygdala, the side of their brain that, you know, wants to keep them safe and comfortable and keep them kind of stuck in their comfort zone, it kicks in very, very easily. And so it's difficult to let the prefrontal cortex take, take over and say, hey, you can do this without having your GPS. So I have found that when people have the coaching, the accountability and the support, when they have the blueprint, they see other people doing it, um, they, they have a cheerleader kind of like pushing and pushing that it's so they're so much more likely to be able to make the changes. Yeah, it's interesting how you put accountability in there, because like a lot of things that I've done in my life, if I have the coaching and the support, it's still fine. But I need someone who holds me accountable for like daily progress or like, you know, uh, monthly progress. So I like the mantra of uh, coaching, accountability and support. Uh, what led you to shift from uh, the real estate industry to digital marketing? Um, you know, I, I had mastered real estate. I'd been doing it for, you know, I've been in it for 20 years now. And about three years ago, I was like, I honestly, I was just, I was just tired. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I was selling, you know around 150 homes a year at, at the time. So since I started, I've sold my first year, I sold 69 homes. And from that point forward, it was almost 100 homes plus every year. And it wasn't with a big team. Like people will talk about these, these, you know, selling numbers like that. And it's with like 10 people. It was just me and an assistant and a transaction coordinator. And, and you're always on in real estate, right? It's, it's people's biggest investment. They're so emotionally vested. Um, they, they want things and they want it now. They need so much, you know, handholding because it's such an emotional decision. And I was just tired. I mean, I had already mastered it. I'm in the top 1% of realtors in the nation. And, you know, I would be on in Hawaii on vacation, you know, getting out of bed at three in the morning and sneaking downstairs to work for six hours and then sneaking back in bed. So my family didn't know. And you know, on the phone the entire day at the pool when my kids are like, mom, you know, pay attention. Mm -hmm. You're always on your phone. And I just got so tired and I thought I can't do this anymore. So I remember I called my brother one day and I was like, you need to come over now. I, I know we've talked about me making a transition in the next year. I'm doing it now. Like I can't, mm -hmm. I'm done. So <laughs> I, uh, I made the change and, um, you know, people had been telling me for just years, like, you should be a coach. You're so positive and you're so motivating and you should, you should coach, you should coach. And I used to be a teacher. I taught third grade for six years. I've got a master's degree in curriculum and instruction. So my goal was to be a principal. Um, my daughter had gotten sick. And so I left teaching to be a stay at home mom and kind of play real estate is kind of what happened. And I had found out my husband was having an affair. So really quickly after leaving my, my teaching job, I was, you know, found myself with two small children and a brand new house with a big mortgage payment and, you know, no jobs. Mm -hmm. so I, I went into real estate full time, but, you know, I love teaching and coaching. So I just went, I went, I changed, like, and just decided I'm going to do what I love. And so here I am. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, so this was what year that you actually entered the real estate market? Um, I entered real estate in 2001. So you so did go through the housing crisis then? In 2007, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watched um, more than 90% of my real estate friends just pretty much struggle or leave the industry. And just, it, it was desperation. It was terrible. It was really, really hard for most people. So when did you decide to quit? This was much after the recession. So you were still doing okay after the recession. Oh, yeah. My best years were during that time. I worked with about 13 different asset management companies and banks, and mm -hmm. I sold their 
closures and their short sales. My best year was, you know, 169 homes I sold during that time. So we were crushing it. Right. Um, <laughs> and, but it was sad though. It was like only a few of us. There was a, they, what would happen was, is that I had realized early on that the market was probably going to shift. So I started traveling the country and, you know, I had this strategy called the dream 100, um, where basically I would go after different asset management companies and different, um, uh, banks to sell their assets. And I'd send them this package of like, I'd put, you know, my credentials and my team, you know, let them know that I knew how to handle REOs. And I'd stick, you know, a bag of pop rocks in the socks and I'd say, let me knock your socks off. And that's how I actually got in my, my foot in the door or I'd fly down and I'd bring them, you know, you know, donuts and cookies and, you know, lunch and just kind of got to know people that way. So I was, I was fine. And then the market changed and I went from doing like over a hundred plus homes to like 12 because the market got better, which was great for the market, but it was bad for me. Right. But I'm so very happy it, it changed. And so that was when I remember I went on a listing appointment and somebody called me the foreclosure queen. And um, I, I didn't get the list because they were like, all she does is foreclosures. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. So I ended up, that was when I ended up really like looking at how the Fortune 500 companies operate. And I really got the, um, what I call uh, engagement marketing. They, most people call it content marketing, but I call it engagement marketing because I really wanted to learn to engage my community. And I just started creating video content and, you know, creating market updates and, you know, seller and buyer tips. And I started interviewing local other professionals and just kind of went for it. And then before you knew it, next year I was back up over hundred homes again, and that were all traditional sales. So, <laughs> well, not to get too distracted, but like, so what do you think about the real estate market now? Cause like, there's a huge rush to buy houses, which I feel like, even though like everyone's been like battered down by the, up, the recession that is likely to come, there's still like real estate is still surging. It, or it is you think it's different. Right. Yeah. So here, here's the difference. This is like a, actually a really good conversation because I get asked this a lot. And mm. I mean, my gut because of the unemployment rate, you know, um, even mm. though it has been getting better, is that we're, we're definitely going to see some, you know, some effects from this. And I believe we'll probably see them in around 12 to, 12 to 18 months. That's kind of what I'm thinking because of the election. But mm. the thing that's there's it's very, very different than 2006. So if you compare 2006 to now, there's a couple key indicators that are not the same as back in 2006. In 2006, um, they were selling F paper, like really, really bad credit as mm. if it was a paper, right? That's the one thing. Also, they were they had something called stated income loans where they would just give anybody a loan. Somebody could say, hey, I make $100,000 a year and and, and here's, here, here's my monthly expenses. And the bank would say, okay, you're qualified. You didn't mm -hmm. have to prove anything back then. Another mm. thing that happened was that there was a much higher inventory levels, okay? Um, interest rates were also higher. And... Um, one, one other factor that people don't really think about is that, is that they're, they're, they, they just, oh, I lost my train of thought for the last factor. <laughs> I just, <laughs> getting, I had to for, uh, uh, Saksham for, for 16 days I was in bed. Today is the first day that I'm out of bed in 16 days. Oh, did you have the virus? Oh my God. I, and I'm so healthy. Like I'm, I'm up at five every day. I work out every day. I, I, you know, I have not worked out in three weeks and <laughs> I have the virus. We, my whole family tested positive and we, I was the sickest out of everybody. And uh, mm. it really messed up my brain and my thinking. Like it just doesn't, things don't come <laughs> as quickly. And like, like I said, today's the very first day that I'm out of bed. <laughs> Well, you seem to have a lot of energy, so like it's totally great. Because like I do it as well on podcasts. I always forget. Like I'm like, well, the three key points, and I'm like, well, I have forgotten the third point. But <laughs> that happens all the time. 
don't know why. I don't, I don't even forget that. This is like what I do. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the last key point was that um, houses would appraise from one week to the next fifty thousand dollars more, hundred thousand dollars more. I remember I sold my parents' home back in um, 2006, like right before everything crashed. Hmm. For exactly. So I, they bought it for a 629000 And two years and one day later, I sold it for $1,170,000. <laughs> unprecedented and unheard of. Like that would mean that, I mean, think about the appreciation rate, right? Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not how it works. The, the, the appraisal guidelines are so different now. Like they really, you know, you have to, you can't have one home on the same street that's exactly comparable sell for a hundred thousand dollars next month than it did the month before. It just doesn't happen anymore. And that was happening back then. So there's so many different key factors that were happening that just aren't happening now. So I, we will not, in my opinion, see what we saw. We probably will get maybe a 10 or 15% decrease. But if, if you look at what all the experts and analysts are selling, like saying, you know, the, the, the chief economist from realtor.com or, um, the Mortgage Boat Bankers Association and Freddie Mac, they're all anticipating slow growth this next year, right? They're anticipating mm-hmm. interest rates to stay low and they're anticipating for um, for there to be, you know, appreciation anywhere from like three to 6%, r- r- averaging around three is what their overall, um, you know, the their analysis is. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not putting my two cents in, but that's just... <laughs> hmm. So would you say all in all, it's a good time to buy property or a bad time? Well, it's a great time to sell if you're a seller because Mm. they're like, I've been in the business for 20 years and we only have 48 active homes in my area. Mm. That is, it's never in 20 years been that low. I mean, that, I mean, that means the absorption rate, which an absorption rate means that how long will it take for, you know, what's your month's inventory? It's less than a month, right? So Anything six months and under is considered a seller's market. So it's great for sellers as long as they don't have to worry about repurchasing if they're staying in the in the area. That that sometimes can cause some problems. But for buyers, it's horrible because there's bidding wars, multiple offers, the prices mm. are getting are getting up. They're having to come in with no contingencies. So it's 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 a it's hard. You know, um, if you also think about, and I'm, I don't talk about homes much, like it's funny I am right now, but (laughs) marketing, it's kind of fun actually. But if you think about, um, you know, let's just say the market does decrease, you know, 10% or 15%. If you look at what they're going to be, the tax saving benefits and, and the, the interest rates being so, so low, like they have, they're historically have never been Mm -hmm. as low as now, right? Mm. You're going to end up saving money over, over in the long haul anyway. So, you know, I wouldn't recommend waiting. Hmm. Okay. Well, that was a nice real estate distraction, but back to marketing. Uh, oh, I know, but but in a good way, because we also have a huge real estate audience that uses Outgrow to make like, you know, real estate calculators and all that interactive content. So they'd be interested. But anyway, uh, your favorite social media go-to strategies when it comes to building your brand? Yes. Mm-hmm. So to give you an, an example, when I, when I left, you know, when I left real estate to go into into marketing first of all my family thought i was crazy i never remember my mom my mom and my my dad saying nobody's ever going to pay you to coach them krista and my husband was like babe are you sure you want to do this like you know you're making mm-hmm. almost dollars a year as a as a real estate agent and most people don't leave their their career when they're doing that mm-hmm. that well maybe we should rethink this because i'm kind of i was the you know the head um the head earner in the home and I was like, you know, I, I, I just have to try because I'm just, I'm tired of, of just selling real estate. I, I know I can help people 
I know I can do this. Right now, mind you, it's been, it's been one heck of a ride, but we were able from the strategy that I just talked to you about, about creating content, we brought Chris to make sure coaching I did from zero to $7.4 million in 25 months. And in 35 months, we hit the 10, the 10 million marks. We hit eight figures. So we went from nobody knowing me in the coaching space. Like everyone knew me locally, right? Because my, my marketing is on point and I, I'm able to, what I teach people to do is how to utilize video and social media to actually, you know, get massive exposure on their content. So they actually can position themselves as the go-to authority. That's what I teach. So, so I was known locally, but nobody knew me, you know, outside of my County. Right. So I had to take that same strategy and then do it nationally. And so we were able to do that, you know, very, very quickly um, from, mm. from that strategy. Interesting. And are there any particulars about this strategy that you want to highlight? Yeah. So number one, add as much value as possible, right? Um, I'll, I will tell you, I wrote a book um, called Sell 100 Homes a Year, and that was the first book that I wrote. Mm. And I gave away all my secrets in that book, right? Mm. And um, added so much value. Somebody could take that book but again, they don't have their GPS. That was the problem. But you could take that book and go, oh, I can do this. And it talked all about um, marketing and, and the such. So I positioned myself as the authority by, by doing a book funnel, a free plus shipping book funnel. Um, we just, and I've written a second book, actually my, my fourth book, but the Ultimate Legion Playbook, which does the same thing. It basically just talks all about marketing and strategy and, you know, how to kind of make sure that you're, you're, you're marketing on all the different parts of the sales cycle. But number one is give it all away. Right. Don't be afraid that if you give it all away, that people aren't, aren't going to still need you. They need you. They need their GPS, right? In order for them to actually take what all these, the stuff that you've put in this book and to be able to do it on your own. I think, I really think that probably, and I don't have the, like, this isn't proven or anything, but I think probably two to 3% of people are really able to, to, to take something out of a book and just do it on their own. I think it's a very, mm -hmm. very small percentage. So give it all away because the more that you give away, the more you're, they're going to trust you and really know that they need to work with you because they need your help to actually do it. That's, that's the first thing. Put as much video content out there. Remember it's, it's a marathon. It's not a race. And I think many marketers are, they're just in a race and they just want to get everyone's information. And, you know, when I first started marketing just three years ago, they said it, the average time that it takes someone to click is around 12. Well, I read an article um, in the past few months that says it's more like 33 now. Right. So mm. we there is so much going on out there that it takes time to to capture somebody's attention. Everyone's wanting everyone to click and, you know, download and give me your information. What I will tell you is that when you take the time up front to establish yourself as that authority figure, to give information, to give value, to break down the barriers, to, you know, establish trust, to develop what they call a parasocial relationship. Right. And I, I'll explain that in a minute. When you do that they're so much more likely later on to actually download the information. They're also much more likely to convert because, right, like if I met you at a, at a party a section and I was like, really thought you were just this amazing man, I wouldn't just say, let's get married, Shaksham. I wouldn't. We would we would date for a while and we'd text and we'd go to lunch and we'd hold hands and we'd kiss and then we'd get married. So many marketers are just jumping straight in, in, in bed, right? And so mm -hmm. people are a little bit weary. For sure. No, yeah, that makes complete sense. So like providing value and making them enter your marketing funnel before you actually convert them. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. What are some of the tricks uh, of the trade when it comes to referral marketing, according to you? Oh, this is I love that question. So <laughs> the 
what we find from all of our students is that their referrals skyrocket. So what happens is, is this, is that, so first of all, let me just explain something. When you're creating content, if you're not properly distributing it, right? I always, I call it the eight C's. You need to commit to consistently producing content correctly so you can make a connection, so you can convert more clients and customers, okay? Oh, you got all eight of them this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Um, so if you don't, if, if, if you don't uh, make that connection, it's harder to convert, right? So if you don't properly distribute it, meaning when you put stuff on, on social media. So I'll have people tell me, well, Krista, should I put it on my personal page or my business page? And I say, neither, because the only people that are seeing it are the people that are already interacting with you. If you just take Facebook, for example, mm -hmm. Facebook's algorithm puts people's content in front of people that are already engaging, right? Mm -hmm. The goal as a, let's just say if you're a doctor, a local doctor or an attorney or a real estate agent or a mortgage broker or an insurance agent or a multi-level marketer, and you're trying to get people in your community to engage and interact with you and to see what you do, you are so much more likely, okay, to actually get exposure and to be seen if you pay for, you pay the algorithm, you pay Facebook, let's say, you pay Instagram to put your information in front of people. So when you're creating this content, if it's not properly being distributed, no one is seeing it anyways. So you've got to make sure that you're utilizing Facebook's, you know, ads manager or, you know, Instagram's ads manager to get your, your, your content out there. Do not just boost because boosting is the biggest waste of money ever, because if you're boosting, you're, you don't have the ability to retarget right? Retargeting is where the secret sauce comes in. And the reason why retargeting is so important is because research shows that when you put information in front of somebody that they're interested in. So for example, um, what is your, your doctorate in? Oh, marketing films. <laughs> Ooh, so marketing films. Okay. So tell me something that you love. A film that I love? No, tell me something that you're interested in. Yeah, maybe even a film. Tell me something <laughs> your film that you like. Uh, in films, uh, your voice got cut, but yeah, uh, I like uh, Christopher Nolan films. Okay, so if you saw a, a film that, that you were on Facebook and you saw a uh, video or an ad regarding that, you probably click on it because you're interested in it, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what if you, you, you saw an ad on how to, um, you know, uh, lose 30 pounds as a woman and still be able to eat donuts all day long? Would you click? No, because it's not relevant. <laughs> okay, exactly. It's not relevant. So most people are doing blanket marketing, but the power behind utilizing mm. these platforms correctly is by putting out content and then retargeting people more content similar to what they already engaged with. Research mm. shows that when you do that, you're more likely to convert because it, you know that you're interested in it, right? So that's the power behind retargeting. And that's also the power behind creating video content because you can see on these platforms how much time somebody spent on that video. Did they watch the whole thing? And so if somebody, for example, let's just say that you're a divorce attorney and you see that somebody watched you know, a three-minute video on how to divorce well, while, um, you know, keeping your kids happy and they watch the whole three minute video, they're probably thinking about divorce and they probably have kids. So mm -hmm. my next content is not going to be on how to shove it to your husband while you're divorcing, right? It's going to be, it, it's, you're going to give them more content that's similar that they originally interacted with. That's the power of properly utilizing, you know, these, these platforms in your favor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So retargeting is key. Absolutely. You know mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's great. All right, so I think that is the end of all the questions. Uh, did you have any questions? 
No, I just, I appreciate you having me. I, I, I love what you do. I think it's great. And what time is it where you are? <laughs> I have that question. I'm actually in Europe right now. So it's like 5.30 p.m. <laughs> oh, it's 5.30 p.m. Wow. Oh, Europe. I want to go there. What's it like there with the pandemic? Uh, it's actually like much better. I mean, like, because the healthcare system is like, you know, it takes care of you. So uh, you don't have to like, you know, the, there's enough like space and enough equipment and it's for free. So uh, it's totally okay to like be here in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> wow. Is, is, are the streets pretty much like ghost town? It's ghost town where I'm at. We're shut down right now. We can't. We're not supposed to even leave really. So they've developed like this system where... Uh, uh, it keeps getting locked depending like the same as they have in England, right? It keeps getting locked depend the restrictions increase if the caseload increases and there's several tiers by which it increases or decreases. So yeah, that's how it's working. So currently it's like highest level of restrictions because everyone got Christmas and New Year's and obviously now we're paying back by being at home and not doing anything. <laughs> I know, I know. We we were we were in sick the whole time. We didn't do anything. We just barely even cooked. But uh, no, but no, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And let me just like say goodbye to the audience as well. Thanks everyone for joining us for this month's episode of Outgrows Market of the Month. That was Krista Mishore, who is the owner at Krista Mishore Coaching and also a best-selling author. Uh, thanks for joining us, Krista. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, can I just say one thing real quick? Talk to yes. If you're interested in learning more about me, you can go, if you can go to getchristasbook.com, that's getchristasbook.com, and you'll get a copy, um, you'll just pay for shipping of the Ultimate Legion Playbook, which teaches you how to utilize video and social media uh, to really, really dominate your industry. Yeah, do check out that the website for more details, and we'll see you once again next month with another Market of the Month.